0: You're listening to a podcast by the National Committee on US-China Relations. May was Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, a chance to celebrate the history, diversity, and contributions of the over 25 million members of the AAPI community in the United States. But rising US-China tensions have also come with consequences for some particularly Chinese Americans, who have reported increased discrimination and feelings of exclusion in the last few years. To honor AAPI Heritage Month, we've invited two professors who have deep experience with the Chinese American community, Chingao of Columbia University and Yingyi Ma of Syracuse University, to share their thoughts on what AAPI means to them with us. We hope you enjoy. First, we're really excited to speak with Professor Chingao, who worked on the State of Chinese American Survey released earlier this year by Columbia University School of Social Work and the Committee of 100. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Your recent survey shows nearly 75% of Chinese Americans experienced racial discrimination the past year. Can you please discuss what the survey revealed about the impact these incidents have had on the Chinese American community?
1: It is indeed very troubling and sobering for our study to show that nearly three quarters of Chinese Americans experienced some form of racial discrimination and racism related vigilance in the past 12 months. We asked the people about different forms of such experiences. These include, for example, over half felt that they were treated unfairly in restaurants or other places. They felt that people were looking at them and over a quarter said, They've experienced direct attacks or harassment, and other kinds of hate crimes. This is a big issue, but the main two consequences we see is one, they put a lot of mental burden on the Chinese Americans. People worry about going out. They constantly worry about the safety for themselves and their family members. They try to change their uh, travel routes. They try to avoid certain social situations. So this is a big burden that people have to face, and you can imagine how much risk this put people onto mental illness. The other consequence is the economic consequence. Many people said they have to change their work schedule, or they have to avoid some social functions, so that they will lose out economically. We also have people tell us that they have to now Instead of taking public transportation, they have to take a cab. So those are costly to people. So we want to remind people that racial discrimination racial discrimination is hurtful, and they will bring both mental health burdens and economic consequences for our community.
0: And to follow
1: up, what misconceptions
0: about the Chinese-American community are addressed in this survey?
1: There are many misconceptions about the Chinese American community. And part of our motivation to do this study is to debug these misconceptions using data and evidence. So I will give you two examples. One, our survey results showed that Chinese Americans are active political participants, which is, something, uh, which is something people don't know so much about. Our findings show that 83% of Chinese American citizens are registered voters, a very high percentage. And among those, 91% actually showed up to vote in the 2020 presidential election. So this is a major voting block that no one, no party should ignore. Another misconception is that Chinese Americans are homogeneous, they are doing well. They are the so-called model minority, and that's not true. We show that through our data, nearly a quarter Of the sample experienced some kind of medical or economic hardship. These include having a difficulty paying bills, worrying about running out of food, and delaying medical care. That's very significant and that's not something people know about. Another finding is that nearly 10% of this population experience one or more kinds of disability including physical, mental, or developmental disability. Again, we need People to know about these facts because only if we know we can bring the services and policies to meet their needs. That makes a lot of
0: sense. Can you please speak a little more about why acknowledging diversity within the Chinese American community is so important?
1: Diversity is important in any community simply because every voice is important and everybody's lived experiences are important. That's also true for the Chinese American community. For example, our study shows that among Chinese Americans, nearly 40% speak more than one language at home. How amazing is that? This is the power of diversity. And this also has implications for cultural identity, civic engagement, access to services. So we want to showcase and name that diversity so that we can celebrate the power of diversity. know that the diverse Chinese American population have made many contributions to American society, and they will continue to do so if we gave them the opportunity and recognize their contributions.
0: The survey really dives deep into the experiences of Chinese Americans. Why is it important for policymakers to understand the needs of this demographic?
1: Policymaking at its best is to respect people's rights and meet people's needs. And we know that some groups are more influential in policy making than some others. In history, a lot of marginalized groups have been trying very hard to make their voices heard, to influence policy, and Chinese Americans is one of those groups. So it's important through our survey to reveal what their needs are, what their demands are, so that policies can meet their needs. Services that are accessible, that are culturally competent, can be brought to this community, especially those who may be subject to more disadvantages within the community. For example, those with limited language ability or those with lower income. We can bring the resources and policies to them so that they are lifted up along with the others. Finally,
0: we want to ask you, what does AAPI month mean to you?
1: AAPI Heritage Month, May, always brings a lot of pride and joy to me. The reason I undertook this research project, the National Survey of Chinese Americans, is because not only I feel the honor to do it, I also feel the responsibility that I should take up this project to tell the world who we are, our contributions, and our needs. For too long, the AAPI community has been marginalized, that our voices are not heard. We are kept invisible. But I think that needs to change. And May is the perfect month for us to tell our stories and build alliance so that the future can be more inclusive and more just. Um, We will have the month ahead and years ahead to share our findings from the survey project with the community members and different organizations, policymakers, so that what we learned from our valuable, wonderful study participants can be known to the world. I also want to say that we need to tell our stories and celebrate our diverse and rich cultures, identities, and experiences in the other 11 months of the year who we are, what we think, what we want, how we want to change the world. All these matter every day of the year. So I encourage all of us to speak up so that our pursuits can be achieved and we can join hands with other communities to make America and the other the world a better place. Thank you.
0: It is also the National Committee's pleasure to speak with Professor Yingyi Ma author of an incredible book called Ambitious and Anxious that dives into the experiences of Chinese international students in the United States. First of all, Professor, what do the experiences of Chinese students studying in the United States reveal about the benefits and flaws of the American higher education system?
2: Well, the benefits are uh, multiple, and most prominently from my research, a lot of students uh, almost reach the consensus that they really, really appreciate the multiple perspectives that American higher education has uh, been able to cultivate, and their result. Um, the result is their critical thinking skills are very much practiced and cultivated in the United States as well. So that's a major benefit. They really appreciate the open conversation, the debate, the multiple perspectives uh, students can openly express. And um, so that's the academic uh, realm. And they also very much appreciate this very equal relationship between faculty and students. Uh, something that is uh, quite lacking uh, in, in their prior system, where there is a more of a teacher-centered, a hierarchical relationship between student and teachers. So the flaws, um, not so sure whether it's the flaws of the American system per se, but definitely the party culture um, that in American higher education has very much marginalized uh, Chinese students and a lot of Chinese students not really feel uh, a sense of belonging in the dominant party scene. Uh, as a sociologist, but education myself, um, I know that there is a literature of um, American higher education um, that really shows not only international students, like Chinese students find it um, very marginalized and it's um, sort of exclusionary, but also domestic students, especially a minority, racial minority students and first generation college students also find uh, the party culture uh, very alienating. Um, And that is something, probably the flaws of American higher education that really stands in the way of a good um, social experience of Chinese students.
0: Over the last few years, there's been a pretty fierce debate about how the United States should approach China. How do these U.S.-China political debates affect the experiences of Chinese students in the United States?
2: Definitely, um, the impact is quite chilling. Um, And I would say that Chinese students often find themselves caught in the political crossfire uh, between the escalating U.S.-China tensions. Um, so that really, again, applies to both their academic and social experiences. As we all know that um, these kinds of U.S.-China bilateral tensions have translated into a pretty negative um, American public attitudes towards China. I think if you look at the Pew uh, Research Report, um, the percentage of um, American public ne- negative attitudes towards China has increasingly risen over to 80%. I think most recent data shows uh, it's 80 to 83%. And that negative attitude towards China has also translated into their negative attitudes towards Chinese students. While most of the American public are welcoming international students, over half of them uh, do not really think uh, we should have um, Chinese students. So, so that, you know, Chinese students may not really be aware of the, the exact statistics. They can read uh, the media articles. They can um, sense, they're aware that American public are not uh, positive about China and about, um, about them. So, so that really um, sent a very chilly message to them. And um, for prospective students, I think the effect probably is even more severe that a lot of students have decided not to come to the United States. Um, they have decided that America is not really welcoming them anymore, despite um, Biden administration's um, more explicit message of showing otherwise. You can see that um, in 2022, the number of visas have been really cut in half. Um, uh, that really shows the decreasing um decreasing interest of uh, prospective students uh, from China in American higher education.
0: And on that note, how can American universities better fight for AAPI inclusion and against anti-Asian racism?
2: I think the AAPI inclusion is extremely important, as we can all see that anti-Asian racism has been conspicuously on the rise since the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, But even before that, um, anti-Asian racism is there. The problem is um, not just on the American college campuses, but in American public um, in general, the awareness of anti-Asian racism is not at all um, there. And um, scholarship of Asian American students um, already show that even themselves are not as open or comfortable talking about racism they have experienced. So I think American university um, or college education um, broadly, what they can do is really through education to raise more awareness uh, through promoting and encouraging more conversations um, and uh, more resources to stimulate those conversations about API history, API, a community issues, and how to really be a better ally, how to really um, a protest against anti-Asian racism, those kinds of conversations put in the open. Um, that is really a very important mission that um, Asian um, American higher education can do. And um, as a director of Asian Asian American Studies program, I know that uh, we don't really have a lot of our programs and I'm proud that Syracuse University has it and we have resources to sponsor events um, out of our program but we should have as many of those programs in m- major American universities and colleges um, so that we can have platforms to reward and resource those kinds of uh, open conversations and educate our community about this.
0: Given that we've just had API month in May What does AAPI month
2: mean to you? You know, personally, I think this is uh, very much related to um, what I said about the university. As a faculty member, I think AAPI month is uh, is a recognition, is a recognition of the history of AAPI community. It also uh, provides, you know, the sense of belonging through various kinds of forums and um, conversations by bringing, like, for example, our university, by bringing external speakers, um, by promoting API Heritage Month um, book series. Um, these all are gonna really promote the, kind of, the sense of belonging for Asian, Asian American students on campus and for myself as well.
0: If you enjoyed this discussion and want to access anti-racism resources, please visit ncuscr.org and search anti-racism resources. You can listen to our other podcasts at NCOSCR interviews wherever you get your podcasts.